This presentation is from Design Research 2018, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Our next speaker is Jared Hogan from Westpac, um, picking up on our storytelling theme for the day. Please join me in welcoming Jared to the stage. Thank you. I'd like to start by telling you a story. This is Bob. Well, this isn't actually Bob. It's not his real name. It's not his real photo. But uh, we'll come to the reasons for that a bit later. But Bob is someone that I spoke to nearly two years ago now. Um, we recruited Bob to talk about using mobiles for banking. Um, what became very apparent early on was that Bob was way off spec, which is you know, one of those things that happens, right? You, you, you get these people, and we started the interview, and my note taker and I, we looked at each other across the table, and there was a bit of, a, a bit of an eyebrow raise, and we decided, well, look, we'll keep going. We'll see what we can find, right? There's, there's, I mean, this is the part that I love about research. You talk to people, you find stories. And so we spoke to Bob, and we found out that while Bob doesn't have a smartphone, has a mobile phone, doesn't have a smartphone, so, you know, hence being off spec. Um, he does some really interesting things with technology that I'd never expected. So the point of this study was to find out how we could make mobile banking easier for people. Obviously, we couldn't help Bob with that, but what we found was Bob is suspicious of technology. Uh, he'd, been, he'd been scammed, so he doesn't like using the internet, he doesn't like using computers, but what he does every couple of days is go to an ATM and print out a transaction listing. So it gives him his last five or it might be eight transactions. And that's how he keeps on top of what's going on with his banking. Um, and this is something, like, I've worked for a bank for more years than I want to tell you, and this is something that I didn't know you could do. And so here's Bob, who, you know, I'm looking at and thinking, well, geez, he's not really the kind of person I want to speak to, but actually he's using things in a really interesting way that I wasn't aware of. And the other thing we heard from Bob was the importance of people, which is something that, you know, I've, like... Stephen was saying before, we work in, in a digital you know, microcosm. You kind of forget about these things. And for Bob, the important thing for him was the relationship he had with one particular person in a branch. So it was a local branch. And I talked to Bob about this. And he said, you know, I needed a new bank account. And I went into one bank, and they didn't want to talk to me. I went across the street, and this person made me feel welcome and seemed like they were interested in what I needed. And so that's where I opened my account. And we were lucky enough that that was our bank. And so Bob is one of our customers. And that was, you know, that was a great thing for me. And this was a really interesting story for me because it's all of the stuff that goes around the things that we build. Uh, and so we went through the rest of the day and we spoke to some people who were, you know, super nerds and checked their transactions every couple of minutes because they were paranoid about stuff. And we, you know, we found out some other interesting things. And the next day, I went back to the office and I happened to meet my general manager in the lift on the way up. Now, we, uh, the building I'm in has these lovely glass-fronted lifts. We work on the 22nd floor. So over the course of that journey, uh, my, my GM said to me, so, you know, what's going on, Jared? And I launched into the story about Bob because it was something that I'd found really exciting and surprising. I didn't really give it much thought. I wasn't trying to sell my GM on anything or prove the value of my job or anything like that. I was just telling him the story of something fun that had happened the day before. And we didn't, you know, we got to the end of the, the lift ride. I got off, I walked away, and I didn't really give it much more thought apart from to kind of worry about how much I blather before I've had my first coffee in the morning. <laughs> and so I went on with the rest of my day. And something happened. Later on that afternoon, I got an email from my GM 
saying, Jared, that story you told me this morning, can you give me the details of it? I want to share that with someone. And I stopped because this had never happened before. Never had I, as a result of research, had someone come back to me later on in the day and say, give me more, share that, you know, let me share that thing. And so I stopped and I thought, what, what's going on? You know, what, is there something weird happening in the organisation? Is there some kind of organisational restructure that I'm not aware of? Do I need to be worried about my job? You know, all of these things. And then I had this thought, how do I do that again? If I've been able to get my GM excited about this guy, how do I do it? And so I thought, you know, was it because I was talking about this ATM function that, you know, I didn't know existed and maybe he didn't know existed and that's what he was excited about? And I thought about it a bit more and it came to me that it was the story. That was the thing that had captured his attention. And so that's, you know, that's what I want to talk to you about today is how you can use stories and how we've used stories. Um, so I'm going to go through a bit of the mechanics. And I should say that while, um, you know, Stephen's talked about banking and I've talked about banking as a starting point, this isn't about banking. This is about stories and what you do with those stories. And for me, this is what it's all about. It's about connecting worlds. It's about bringing your customers inside the organisation and representing their stories. And it sounds a bit, probably sounds a bit over the top, but I consider myself to be an evangelist for our customers. That's, you know, that's the reason I'm here, is to share their stories, to bring those people inside the organisation and to represent them. So this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to connect these worlds. So I'm going to take you through a bit of the process we use to create and share the stories that we use. So what we do, um, you know, it's a similar process, I'm sure, to what most of you have. You go out and you speak to a range of people. We generally do six interviews in a day, about an hour each, and we have people take notes. We have, you know, copious amounts of brown paper and post-it notes. Um, but what I like to do, once we worked out that it was these, these stories that we wanted to capture, what I like to do is start with our people. So the first thing we'll do when we're doing synthesis is gather everyone who's been involved in our note-taking, and I'm really lucky to work with a, a team of excited and engaged uh, researchers, designers, and, and grads. You know, we have, a, we have a broad spectrum of people, and so we get everybody in a room or an open space, and I like to use a whiteboard, and we kind of divide it up into, into panels for each of the people we spoke to, and we just talk about the individuals. What were the things that we remember about that person? How do we... How do we tell their story? And so this is before we start trying to look for themes and you know, grouping our post-it notes and all that fun kind of stuff, which we, which we do. We, we do a lot of that. But we start with the people. And so we go through and we'll, we'll jot down bullet points. Um, and there's been more than one occasion where we've been told to quiet down because you know, we, we get quite excited about this stuff. And I love when I'm working with a big group of people, you know, watching the, the markers change hand because different people want to put different things on the board. And, and I really like to encourage that because you know, it has everybody bought into the process. Um, and this is an early example of that process. And I was lucky enough, um, the, the chap whose arm you can see on the side there is what I, you know, he's, he loved sketching and he would draw cartoons. And he just started doing this for fun. And so for this particular round of testing, we had these lovely sketches of people. Uh, but that wasn't, you know, that's not the important thing. Really, for me, it's about the story and, and gathering all of those different elements. So we go through each of our individuals and talk about the elements of their story and, and what mattered. Um, and for me, the important thing about that is looking for the heart. What is the, what is the thing that's really important about that person or about their story that we can share with the organisation? 
Um, and so that can be a combination of our observations of their quotes, um, but whatever it is, it's, you know, that's the part that you want to look for and you want to capture and try and put that on a page. So the other, th actually the other thing I should mention is the first thing we have to do is, is anonymize our people. So if we go back and look at these guys, um, they've all got names across the top of the page there. Those aren't their actual names. The first thing we do is use, we'll use their initials and come up with a different name. And it, it's important as part of the story because it gives them a, a persona. I don't want to call it a persona, but it gives them a thing that you can relate to. Um, so we do that, and then we look, for, we look for the quotes, we look for the elements of the story so that we can build that story out. And then we make it shorter. So this is another thing that we did that started as an exercise. With, we had a couple of grads, and we had, honestly, a, a couple of phone books worth of research for a project that we needed to go through. And we needed to fairly quickly work out what were the important bits of research and what weren't. And so to make a game out of it, we decided to get people to put hashtags on things. You know, we were working with young people and we figured we'd, you know, get in with the young people. And we'd, we'd <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so we used this as a bit of a challenge to see who could come up with interesting hashtags. And then when we started working on these stories, it came to me that this actually made sense. Um, so it's a little bit different. Uh, from your standard hashtags. Um, I was looking for some interesting ones from today's conference that I could use, unfortunately. There haven't been any that I can throw at you apart from design research, which isn't really that exciting. But what we try and do is capture the essence of the person's story down into a couple of words. And the reason I do that is to create a bookmark. It's something that's memorable. It's something that you can go back to. One of the people uh, on the slide I showed you before, um, he's Mr. Camembert. The reason his hashtag is Mr. Camembert because we were talking about financial management. And I know I said I wasn't going to mention banking, but I have to. He was talking about financial management, and he was talking about charts. And he's sitting there going, you know, those round things, the, the, the Camembert. I'm like, perfect. I've never heard a pie chart called the Camembert before, <laughs> but I love it. And so that's, and, and so, you know, it's years later, that's who he is for me. And that gives me a window back in to go and you know, understand the rest of his story. And you know, some of the other, uh, my other favorites are my dog has a credit card, um, and the, 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 the twirly mustache hipster who was just all the hashtags because that was how he spoke. Um, so you know, we, use these, we use these hashtags as a way to, to bookmark and to get back into the story. Um, and also it's a fun exercise. You know, it gets, it gets the, my team excited about uh, understanding the person and, and, and you know, trying to get down to the, to the root of what was important about their story. So that's the next step for us. Now, I cannot draw. I, I was going to put a picture up of one of, my, one, of my, uh, one of my notes from this and I thought I'd spare you all that. So I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an artist. But like Dan Rome, the, the napkin guy, tells us anyone can draw. So I'm okay taking notes for myself. For, for conferences like this, to remind me of interesting things from, from different people's talks. But it's not much good when you're trying to represent individuals that you've spoken to, because you end up looking like you've got six olives on a toothpick. Really hard to tell them apart. So how do we get around that? We tried, uh, you saw earlier on, we had someone who was a great sketch artist. We had some great sketches. The next time we did research, he was away. The pictures are so bad that I can't use them. 
because they were from people like me who can't draw. We tried doing some other stuff using fancy Photoshop tools where we take a photo of the person and try and you know, render it down into a sketch, but they still ended up looking too much like the individuals. So we wanted a way to, to simplify that um, so that people like me, who are not skilled with, with uh, interesting software tools, could still use it. So I was lucky enough in the last year or so to be working with a very talented uh, visual designer, David Simpson, um, and he came up with an identikit for us. So we have a group of parts that we can use to construct these faces. And handily, what David's done is port this into PowerPoint, so even a dummy like me can manage to put these faces together. So what we have is, you can see, here's some example faces that I, that I built for this talk. Um, we've got a range of face shapes. We've got different hairstyles. We've got you know 30 or so male, female hairstyles. We've got different eye shapes, some features like glasses and baseball caps and interesting stuff like that. And what that lets us do is create an image that is reminiscent of the person we spoke to without meaning that you could pick them out in the street. So that, that face combined with their anonymized name means that we're, we're pretty confident that nobody's going to be able to actually pick out the people that we spoke to. Um, but it's again, it's a really important part of the story is having a face because it, you know, people are inherently visual and so it gives you a, a, a cue to tie back to the, the, the intent or you know, what it was you wanted to remember about that person. Um, and so then what we have to do is bring all of those bits together. So we take that list of bullet points that we've created as a team, that, that hashtag that we've got that sums up the story, and the, the name and the image, and we build uh, a shareable snapshot. Um, now, the, the story part itself takes a little bit more work, and usually I, I like to do that. Um, I do it myself because I find it's fun. I like telling stories. I like building stories, so I'll take those bullet points away and go and turn it into a series of paragraphs. But as much as we can, we try and use quotes from, from the conversation so that we can you know, properly represent the person's point of view. Um, and the thing that we've done is, oh, I should say as well, the thing at the bottom of the page in red is the jobs, jobs to be done that Stephen was talking about this morning. So we've got that link there from the story back to the jobs, which means we can, we can travel both ways. You can start with... The, the, the jobs and drill down to the stories or start with the story and understand what those jobs are and then work back from there and find other examples of people who've had the same, the same jobs. So again, this is, a, this is a thing that's created in a simple-to-use tool like PowerPoint so that anybody can do them. Because uh, the one of the important things is that these stories uh, live on, that the process is repeatable, that anybody who's doing research in our team can use the same outcome and have the same have the same result. So we end up with these, with these page one pages for each of our people. These are generally printed out as an A3 poster. But what you have to do is keep your people visible. So once we've created these stories, it's really important that they don't end up in the digital equivalent of the locked filing cabinet at the bottom of the stairs marked Beware of Leopards. Um, yes, another Douglas Adams reference for you. So what we need to do is keep our people visible. This is the, the wall uh, for the project that I'm working on at the moment. We're lucky enough to have, in total, we've got 17 metres of whiteboard, which is insane. Um, but what I've used is about nine metres of that, and we've just stuck all of the people we spoke to of this project, we've got their posters up along the wall so that anybody who walks into the, the design space for this project can see the people that we've spoken to. And it lets us have a conversation. 
most frequent conversation I have is, oh, so these are your personas. No, they're not personas. These are the actual people we spoke to. Have a look at their stories. And what I'll do is often use you know, the hashtag as a way to, to get someone interested in one of those stories and go through and talk, tell them through some of the stories. That comes back to that point about me being that evangelist. I will, anytime anybody stands still, start sharing a story with them. Um, and as you've seen, that could, could be in a lift. You could be stuck in a lift with me. You'll get a customer story. But <laughs> it's important, right? It, this is the reason we do research, is to bring these customers back into the organization. And sharing their stories is the way that I, that I keep that alive. So having them visible on the wall. And that extends to things like we have, uh, you know, in an agile process, we have uh, stand-ups, we have showcases, we have all of those rituals. And given the opportunity, I will share a story at one of those. So it's very important that once we've done the research to share the story as a lead-in to sharing our insights uh, so, that we, so that people have some empathy for the people we've interviewed before we talk about the insights and what we've learned from that, from that research. So we'll share those in, those in those forums, on the wall, in the lift, um, and in our, in our amazing database of stories so that we've got a tool that we can point people to. And again, that's so that those stories live on. You know, once I stop working on this project and things get pulled off the wall, I don't want these people to disappear. I want them to live on in the organization. And so having a database where we can come back to those people through looking at the jobs that they've, that they've had to do uh, is a great way to do that. I'm going to tell you another story. Uh, I said I was a storyteller and not a drawer, so here we go. This is Marek. Um, again, not his photo and thankfully not our infrastructure. But Merrick is a solution architect. And he's one of those people who's been voluntold that he's on a project. So he's been assigned to work on this project that I'm on at the moment. He didn't really know very much about design thinking or designers or any of the kind of stuff that we do before he came to the process, the project. But what I love about Merrick is that he's embraced it wholeheartedly. And so he's come along to our, to our research. Every time we've gone out and spoken to customers, he's been there for at least one of those interviews. And he's interested in the process and he engages with it and he talks to us about what's frustrating for him. And that was the fun thing for me. We, we were talking one day and he said, I wanted to grab these people and shake them and say, no, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. But then I realized that they're different from me. And, and so what's important for them is, you know, they don't think the way I do. And what's important for them is not, the way, not what's important for me. And that was okay. So having someone who's a really important person for me on this project, because Marek is the guy who's going to help me actually get stuff built. You know, we can have our designs and have our insights, but unless we can actually have the technical people build the stuff, it doesn't go anywhere. So he's important for me, and I love that he's interested in what we do. But this didn't really become clear for me until a week ago when both of us got voluntold that we were going to speak on a panel to another project about our experiences. And we were asked a bunch of questions about you know, what it was like to work in a, in a cross-functional agile team and you know, how did we go about using all of this whiteboard space that we had. And Marek was asked the question of what's been the most interesting thing for you about working on this project. And without even looking at me, he turned and said, it's the research, going out and participating in these interviews and seeing the experiences people have and how they're different to my experience has been the most interesting thing for me about this project. And so that is really the, the third type of story that I wanted to talk about. You know, we've got the snapshots, we've got the hashtags, immersion. And, and this is something that we've heard again and again today 
is that getting people out there and immersed in the research is the best thing that you can do to get that engagement. Unfortunately, not all of our stakeholders are Marics. You know, the, the, the person who's got too many meetings and too many phone calls and too many emails is far more the norm in a large organisation like mine. So we need to rely on other methods and that's where the story snapshots and the hashtags and the sharing are the things that, the things that help. So I just wanted to leave you, I think I'm about on time, with three things. Go for immersion. You know, if you can get people immersed in the research, obviously that's the best outcome. If you can't do that though, create short stories. Create shareable snapshots of your people to generate that empathy and to bring your customers into the organisation. And then create even shorter stories because it's fun and it's memorable. But above all, share. Share your stories, share your experiences, share your customers' experiences with the organisation whenever anybody will stand still. So share incessantly. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2018. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.